Good morning. Let's see. Oh, my mic is on. Good morning. Good morning, gathering. Welcome. Welcome to First Church. Welcome to the coolest place in the church. I was so excited to say that. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited that you're worshiping with us today. And thank you for your flexibility. By the way, I'm hearing good news. Air conditioning is coming on in different parts of the building. So, uh, for this hour, we're here, we're going to forget everything that happened this morning, all of the transitions, all of the things that require our flexibility, but uh, we're going to focus right now on our worship. My name is Jenya, I'm one of the pastors here. I'm very excited that you're here worshiping with us uh, in the sanctuary, that our friends are worshiping with us online, joining us on all these different platforms where we're streaming this service, and I am, I'm encouraging you to let us know you're worshiping with us. If you're in the sanctuary, it's very easy. We have attendance pads that are lined up on the side of the pew. Just fill it up, pass it on to the person that sits next to you. We want to know who is here. We want to know who is with us. And friends who are worshiping online, use the tools of the platform you are on, whether it is a registration form, whether it's a comments um, function on the platform, to let us know who is with you, who is worshiping today. Uh, we are very, very excited for this body of Christ to come together. Just a few more now announcements. Tomorrow is Vacation Bible School. It is big. And when I'm saying big, I'm telling you, it is big. We have over 500 children that are going to be here every single day, Monday through Friday. On top of over 500 children, we have multiple, multitudes of adult volunteers, youth volunteers that we'll be all experiencing this week together. Uh, it's a food truck theme. We're going to be chefs. Uh, I hope to see some, I don't know, street tacos or something. Maybe there will be a taco truck at some point here. Very, very exciting. Uh, great, great uh, opportunity for us. And then next Sunday, we are all going to be here again because there will be a Vacation Bible School celebration at 9.30 in the gathering. It will be here. So just come back to the sanctuary next week. Uh, in two weeks, um, on Wednesday nights, we start our potlucks. And as you know, I'm super excited about that. On Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, we're going to be gathering together for some fellowship, some fun. Bring your favorite potluck dish. I don't know. Or get some fried chicken on your way to church. Whatever. Just come on over. Over, bring your friends, we will visit, we will chat, we'll make new friends, we will meet other people that we normally do not get to interact with during our week in the church. And one more opportunity, if you are a person that loves to sing, and you have the gift to sing, but for some reason joining the choir just seemed like an obligation that you couldn't hold, well, during the summer we do what we call is a morning song. Morning song is a no-commitment uh, or very low commitment to choir, possibility to sing at the 11 o'clock service. On Sundays, you come here at 10 o'clock, you will practice, and then at the 11 o'clock service, you will sing. So if this is something that you always wanted to try, that you were fascinated about, you know you have the gift, you know you enjoy singing together with other people, try it. You can do it just one Sunday, you can do it all the Sundays until the end of the summer. I really encourage you to reach out to Thomas Williams and try it out. Just show up to church at 10 o'clock, and then by 11 o'clock, you will be ready to sing in our worship service. These are all of the announcements, and now I will invite all of you to Stand up and join me in our call to worship. Come and celebrate, people of God. 
Sing and shout your praise, for our God comes to us, triumphant and victorious, yet gentle and humble of heart. He comes bringing peace, offering hope and freedom to all who despair. Let's worship God together. Been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lie. Trying to fill the same old holes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Everybody feeling weird that you're back in the sanctuary? I feel a little weird. It's a, it's a little weird, but it's, uh, it's great to see all of you. My name's Clint Church. Uh, I'm one of the worship leaders here along with the gathering band. Uh, we, uh, we're here uh, in this nice air-conditioned room, and so we're, we're excited that you're here worshiping with us. And if you're at home worshiping with us, 
you know, more power to you. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's hot when you walk everywhere else uh, in this building. So uh, we're so cl glad that you're here. This is a really easy, it's a new song, but it's really easy and one that I think you might have heard before. Um, it goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Let's sing that again. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. So that's an old hymn. I guess you would call that a hymn called I've Decided to Follow Jesus. Uh, but we tag it on to this other song uh, that's called Follow You. And the chorus says this. Leave all of your troubles, leave all of your sorrows, set down your burden, come on and follow. And so this morning, as we make that daily decision again to follow Jesus, ask that, that we open our hearts and minds that we might know where the Spirit is leading us today, that we might follow Jesus each and every day. Go on, lay your troubles down, set your feet on solid ground. As I have found, I want to follow you. Come on, all you weak and weary. Come round now if you can't hear. Poor, sick, and God fearing. I want to follow you. Said, I want to follow you. Leave all your trouble. Leave all your sorrow. Sit down your burden. Come on and follow. I'm a heavy laden, don't wait for tomorrow, come on my brother, come on the fire. Go on, leave your worries, not a bit of good they do, there's a word that's coming through, go on, leave your worries, so I call your name in the middle of the night. Wanna know, can you hear my cry? To the moonlight, I wanna follow. I said, I wanna follow you. Leave all of your trouble, leave all of your sorrow, and your burden. Come on, follow.
seated brothers and sisters in Christ. There are a few things that are more fun to do, not only as a preacher, but as an entire church, than to celebrate welcoming someone into the body of Christ through the sacrament of holy baptism. At this time, I would like to invite the family of Madeline Gail Ball forward for baptism. All right, if y'all were stand where everyone can see her, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Madeline Gail Ball for baptism. And so now on behalf of the entire church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sins? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. I do. do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races? If so, say, I do. I do. And finally, will you nurture Madeline in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If so, say, I will. All right, Madeline, we'll go fast. Hey, remember when we talked earlier about me and being a stranger? Oh, that face says nope. So, uh-uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Madeline, will you touch this? Will you touch this water with me? Will you touch it? No? Yeah. It's okay, because it's not up to us. It's up to God. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. It's something that God does. Madeline Gale, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and pray God's richest blessings upon you now and every day of your life. Amen. Would you place hands on her with me too? 
Madeline Gale, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may grow as a faithful disciple of your Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, some days we're in a show-off, get-in-front-of-everybody-look-at-me kind of mood, and some days we're not. And that is okay because we are God's beloved children on each and every one of those days. And when we baptize Madeline into our community, we do so recognizing, hey, life is long, life is full, and we promise to be a part of you every step of the way. If you want to be a part of the lives of children like Madeline now and every day, would you indicate so with a round of applause? Congratulations! You did it! Thank you all. You can have a seat. Thank you. What a blessing that was to get to see you be baptized and the excitement that we all have. And now we're going to come into a time of prayer. And uh, my name is Phyllis Barron. I'm one of the pastors here. And I want us to just take a moment and be thankful for all the things that God's given us and just be in that mood and just let our hearts be open to the Holy Spirit, to whatever God has for us. And so I just invite you as we go through the prayers, I'm going to lift up some names and then there's going to be a time when you can say some names that are on your heart. And when we say that, we're going to say, Lord, in your mercy, and then you're going to say, hear our prayers. So I want us to have that time that we can just open our hearts up and invite God into this sacred space. So let us pray. Gracious God, in the busyness of my day, I sometimes forget to stop and say thank you for all that is good in my life. And we all do this. We get busy and we need to stop and let our hearts be full with you. Our blessings are many and our hearts are filled with gratitude for the gracious gifts that you've given us, for the ability to love and to be loved for the opportunity to see that everyday wonders of creation, for sleeping, for water, for our minds that we can think, for our bodies that can feel. We give you thanks for all these things in our lives that are less than what we hope for, things that seem challenging or unfair or difficult. When our hearts feel stretched and empty, Still, we rejoice that you are near to us as the breath that is in front of us, that you are always going to be with us and walk with us. So, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Father God, the creator of all, your creation testifies about your power, grace, and love. New lives, new hopes, new opportunities, new dreams. For all this, O oh God, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Everything that you created, you made free. And over and over again, our freedom is used for the purpose of transgressions, for alienation from you, for violence, for hatred, for greed. And yet when we are at our worst, you do not abandon us. But you join us, you come alongside us as Jesus Christ to redeem us, to reconcile us, to restore us to relationship for you forever. For this, O oh God, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Always and everywhere, O oh Holy Spirit, we are never alone. You come alongside us. You bring us into this new experiences of God's grace and peace. For this constant presence of God in our lives, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy. 
We lift up today your children, Jennifer and Thomas, for Barbara, for Liam and Sarah. Lord, in your mercy. I ask you now to lift up those that are on your heart. Lord, in your mercy. As we have brought names of those near and dear to us at this time of worship, asking your healing mercies and blessings, help us to remember that we stand in need of those blessings as well. Help us to receive the blessings to be used, the gifts which we have been given, to serve you in all that we say, think, and do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen. All right, everyone, it is so good to see you this morning. Even more special, it's so good to see you with smiling faces and a good attitude. I have to confess, that's not how I've spent most of this morning. Uh, I, I was in not the best mood, just kind of worried about air conditioning and everyone having a good experience, particularly visitors and guests and things like that. And I'm so thankful that, one, the cold air is blowing now. And I'm also thankful that I've had a chance to kind of get right through some worship, a baptism, some prayer, feeling a lot better feeling a lot better, and I hope that you're feeling well too. I hope you're experiencing something in worship, whether you're in person or joining us online. And one of the things that I want to highlight that begins this afternoon, really, with the training and preparation of volunteers, and then will take place all throughout the week, is Vacation Bible School. And Vacation Bible School is a sacred ritual here at this church and many churches, and it takes place in the weekday mornings this entire week. And as Jinya said, over 500 kids will be here, plus a huge contingent of adult volunteers and youth volunteers. And really, that 500 number is only limited by the size of our building and good common sense. Because the truth is, we could have 2,000 kids here if we were able to fit them somewhere. We just have that much demand because our children's ministry is that popular and that prevalent. And I'm just so thankful that we have a ministry that so engages not only children to where they want to come to church, but also for families who maybe weren't considering church being a regular part of their life, but their kids falling in love with the rhythm of church and the love of God. That's been a connection point for them. And I'm just so thankful that it continues to be a source of strength and impact in our ministry in the world. And, you know, I think we charge something like $25 for Vacation Bible School or something like that. I don't even cover the cost of the shirt. I mean, all of the, all of the tools, all of the uh, materials that go into it, of course, heating and cooling the building throughout the course of the entire week, and so many, so many, so many goldfish and Nilla wafers. <laughs> And those things are made possible. The endless collection of lemonade and Nilla wafers and other important materials for Christ are all possible because you continue to live sacrificially so that you can live generously and support the mission and ministry of the church. And so as the ushers come forward, I just want to thank you again for continuing to be so generous and imagining the people who are yet to encounter the gospel. And that may be someone who's just five or six years old who has a transforming experience of the love of God in this church at this Vacation Bible School in the next week. And so if you're one of the folks who gives online, the link is on the screen, fumcfw.org slash give now. If you're watching at home on the sofa, perfect time to give. Here in the church as well, you can always give on a mobile device. Let's pause and give thanks over these gifts. Great and loving God, as we give these gifts, we imagine the people who are yet to encounter the good news of the gospel. Please use these gifts to strengthen our church so that we can share your love and proclaim your message. And it's in Christ's name that we trust and that we all pray and say, amen.
Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't He won't I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense So I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength Cause I built my life on Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful in So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations so why would he fail now? He won't. Uh, get your Bible. And if you didn't bring your Bible with you, there's a pew Bible right in front of you. And we're going to be reading from uh, Matthew. So it's right at the first one in the New Testament. Some of the Pew Bibles, it's on page three. So it's real easy to find. So it's wonderful. It's going to be chapter four, verses 12 through 17. The words will also be on the screen for us. I'm reading for the Common English Bible. So the translations might vary a little, but hear these words of God. Now, when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum which lies alongside the Sea of the Area of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what Isaiah the prophet said, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, alongside the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who lived in the dark have seen a great light, and the light has come upon those who lived in the region and in shadow of death. From this time, Jesus began to announce change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. God speaks to us through the reading of Scripture. Thanks, Thanks be God. God.
thanks, of course, uh, to Phyllis for leading us in worship and Virginia, for Clint and for the band. Uh, I want to say a word of thanks to all of the people, um, particularly on the tech team, who helped scramble as we transitioned from one room to another this morning. Just so appreciative of your can-do and yes-and and no worries attitude. Thank you so much. You're a blessing to me when I'm not feeling that way. So thank you. Uh, I'm glad that everyone is here. My name is Lance Marshall. I am the senior pastor here at the First United Methodist Church of Fort Worth. We call it First Church, if that's too much of a mouthful for you. And I uh, have this hypothetical that I like to do when I'm teaching Bible study. And what I like to do is when we're going through Bible study, I teach a Bible study on Thursdays during the lunch hour here at the church. And one of the things I like to do when we're, when we're going through a study and when we're digging deep into a piece of scripture and maybe the meaning is a little bit tough or difficult or it's really taken a lot for us to help explain it, one of the things I like to do is, is, is imagine, I tell them, now imagine you walked out of this Bible study and someone says, okay, I was in the Bible study and I was listening, I heard everything that he said, but I just didn't get it. What? What, what is it? What's the point? Well, how, what would you say? Right? So after hearing, we've been going through Bible study and we heard the lesson and someone just didn't get it, how would you help explain them to them? I do that hypothetical and, I, I, uh, and people hate it. So I want you to imagine, imagine you, you're, you're walking out of the sanctuary today and someone walks up to you and says, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. I noticed that we were just in church. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been to one. Really enjoyed it. I liked the fast hockey boots guy. Uh, I enjoyed the coffee and everything, I, but I'm afraid I'm just not 100% sure I got it. And if you ask, well, what do you mean? What did you get? And they, what did you, you not get? And they said, the whole Christianity thing. Just real quick, I'm on my way to brunch. Uh, could you just explain real fast the whole Christianity thing? <laughs> what do you say? Right? What do you say? Yeah, it's like, oh, phone call. What, mother? <laughs> what do you say? If, real quick, what's the whole Christianity thing about? What's the point? What's the point of this whole thing? I mean, that's a really important question, right? And it's something that I can't answer for you. You have to answer for yourself. What's the point? Your life is a journey of figuring out what's the point to this whole thing. And I'm sharing with you guys some of my foundational story, some of who I am as a pastor and who I am as a Christian and just who I am as a person and particularly how that built and grew and shaped over time in my life. And I shared with y'all last week that uh, of course, I didn't grow up with a really strong faith. It's something that by the time I graduated college and when he's a young adult, wasn't active in my life at all. But in a time of difficulty and searching and looking for some real answers to real issues in my real life, I stumbled upon and started to kind of fall into that rabbit hole. And one of the things that spoke to me pretty early, and I shared it with you last week in the reading of a text from Ecclesiastes, of all things, was this idea that there, are, there is sacred knowledge, there is powerful knowledge, and there is real truth that is in not only these scriptures, but the religion and the church and the community that surrounds it that are relevant to my life, my educated life, my modern life, my skeptical life. There are real truths in these scriptures and in the religion and in this church and the community that surround them that have real lessons for me. That was a foundational piece of faith for me. Because you'll remember if I shared, when I shared last week, because you guys know how you come to church every week. Um, oh man, I thought I was going to get a laugh. That just came off as mean. <laughs> no, that was, that was a joke. Um, 
because you do. Um, so the, the, the thing I had kind of just gathered, I shared last week from the little bit of church that I had gone to were two things. I shared one of them last week, and that was the whole deal of Christianity is just being, be nice. Just be nice, right? How many sermons have you heard where the illustration was, so when you leave today, let somebody pull in in front of you in traffic. Let them merge. Jesus would. Right? Or how many, how many uh, illustrations are given in youth retreats or youth sermons? And they give this whole message, and the end of it is, so when you go to lunch, let the weird kid sit with you. Jesus would. And there's nothing wrong with that. And of course, that's a good point. I'm just saying, like, that's not the whole point. The whole point is not just be nice. Like, we don't need, we don't need 66 different books if the point is just be nice. But that's all I had gathered from the little bit of church that I had get, gone to was one, just be nice. And then there was this one other thing. And that other thing was, look, just say you believe in Jesus so that you get to go to the good place. Okay? That's it. Just be nice and then just say you believe in Jesus, right? And whether that's to the television screen or whether that's on a mission trip or your friend's church they invited you to, whatever, just go ahead at some point, wrap that up, tie that bow up, and then get that off your to-do list, right? And then we would appreciate it if you came every week for the rest of your life and gave 10%. But really, those are all the things that you need to do, right? Just be nice and say you believe in him so that you can go to the good place. And that's really all there is. That's what I had gathered. Has anyone ever felt like that was just kind of the core of the message that's been preached to you? If you come here a lot, please don't nod. <laughs> But for how many people, right? That's just kind of, it seems like they walk out the door saying, that's it. And so if someone were just to walk up to you on the sidewalk on the way out of church and say, again, I like it. I like the Legos. I like the Lego lights. But what, uh, what's the whole point, right? If it's just, well, be nice and say you believe in Jesus so that you can go to the good place. I think we've really kind of missed it. And I'll be honest with you, that's not the kind of faith that I needed to get up and face the day. That's not the kind of faith I needed to get through my everyday life. That's not the kind of faith I needed to make my life worth living. I needed something a lot more than that. And today's piece of scripture is one of the things that helped me find it. So if last week was this key foundational piece of faith, the first one that clicked in place for me is that there is something here for my life, my modern life, my educated life, my skeptical life that's found in the scriptures and in the religion, church, and community that surround them. There's something real and powerful here for me. The second thing, the second key piece of faith that clicked into place for me that helped send me on a whole new trajectory in life is that Jesus's message, Jesus's proclamation, Proclamation, the good news that Jesus is here to give us, which is the fancy word for good news is gospel, the gospel that Jesus is here to give us has everything to do with this life right here and right now. It has everything to do with every moment between now and your funeral. It has everything to do with that, and with how you live, with how you reflect, with how you act, with how you treat others, with how you treat yourself. I didn't realize that because I thought all it was about was be nice and say you believe in him. 
And if that's all it was about, then that's what he certainly would have said, right? He would have said, hello, everybody, I am Jesus. Be nice and say you believe in me. That would have been his first proclamation. But that wasn't his first proclamation. And that's where our scripture reading comes in today. So one of the things that I'm in the habit of doing is giving away Bibles and uh, particularly when I give away a Bible, I prefer to give away a New Testament to people. And not because there's not an incredible amount of wisdom in the Old Testament, not because the Old Testament isn't vital into understanding our faith and who Jesus is and what Jesus has to say to us. The only reason I don't like to give away full Bibles as much as I like to give away New Testaments is because it doesn't matter what you tell someone, if they've never read the Bible before, they're going to open it up and start reading it like a book on page one, right? And you can tell them it's actually 66 different books. It's much more like books on a bookshelf. And sometimes their order is arbitrary, just based on things like length or the genre in which they're collected. And so it's not really meant to be read. Where are you going? Why are you waiting? So come back, come back, come back. Doesn't matter what you tell them about the Bible, they're going to start reading it on page one. And so what I like to do is hand them a New Testament because I want as little time to pass as possible for them to start encountering the words of Jesus. And they might never get there if they start reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Where'd you go? <laughs> and so I hand them a New Testament. And one of the things that happens pretty immediately when you start reading the gospel is you encounter Jesus speaking for himself. Like Phyllis just said, if you're in today's Bible and in the pews today, it's on page three. On page three, we hear Jesus begin speaking. In Matthew's gospel, we've gone through so much here in the beginning. We've gotten a genealogy, which helps us understand how he fulfills the expectations of Israel and his deep tie all the way back to the beginning of creation. We have the story of the coming of the Magi, the escape into Egypt, the return from, the ministry of John the Baptist, and then Jesus' story begins after he faces temptation. And he's ready to begin his public ministry. This is the beginning this is the beginning, the first thing that he has to say, the opening up of his ministry. And this is what happens. I'm going to reread just a portion of the scripture. If y'all could bring it up on the screen, that would be great. Now, when Jesus heard that John the baptizer, his cousin, was arrested, he was a prophet, he was proclaiming, he was teaching. When he heard that he was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum, which lies alongside the sea in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. So what Jesus has done here is left his hometown, Nazareth, a little uh, small town, just a village, no culture there, just a small community of individual families. And we have gone to the nearest big town, Capernaum. There's a really good chance he would have spent his entire life working in Capernaum because there was such a need there for skilled tradespeople like himself because the community had been destroyed by the Roman Empire empire previously. So Jesus would have lived his entire life in the midst of this community that had previously been devastated by a foreign army for trying to usurp them and try to assert their own freedom and their own independence and their own self-worth. He would have grown up in a community that knew what it was like to, be, to suffer and experience oppression in their very bones. So he goes to that community in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, bringing up that this is hereditary land for tribes of Israel. This is our land for our people. It's named after the families who were given this land. And then scripture is fulfilled. And we have a quote here. If you have it in your Bible and it's in italics, that means we're quoting the Hebrew Bible. It means we're quoting the prophet Isaiah here. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, alongside the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who lived in the dark have seen a great light. And the light has come upon those who lived in the region and in shadow of death. 
So 500 years ago, in the time of Isaiah, there was a prophecy concerning this very land that had been usurped and taken over by people who didn't belong there through violence and oppression. And in the midst of this darkness, a bright light has come to shine to those people who need to hear it. And this is him. He is here. And this is what he has to say. And it's not, be nice. And say you believe in me so that you get to go to the good place. No, this is it. His first proclamation, the first thing he says, this is it. He began to announce, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean? What is he talking about here? The first thing that Jesus begins to say, and in other translations, uh, it might say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in this good news. It depends on which translation you might have. Moving it from the Greek into the English always gives a lot of opportunity for interesting decisions. What Jesus has come to proclaim to the people who are suffering, to the people who are lost, to the people who feel like there's no way to improve what they're experiencing or where they can go, to the people who might be wondering if the promises of God could even be true in the midst of difficulties like this, he's speaking to people who feel lost, who feel out of control, who feel hopeless, and he's saying the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the work of God, the belonging of God, the justice of God, the right way of things that were meant to be the way that God made them is at hand. It is happening. It is coming. It is here for you. The distance between you and that, the possibilities between this life and the life that you can have is finally been overcome. It is is here in me. And then he says this unbelievable thing. He doesn't say, so let's raise an army. He doesn't say, so let's kick out these people who don't belong here. He doesn't say, let's start an alternative uh, government system. He doesn't say any of those things, but those things would make sense, right? In fact, that's what people have been waiting for. That's what people have been yearning for in the coming of the Messiah as foretold in that scripture. Certainly that light that shines in the darkness will say, and all of the things that you don't like are gone. But that's not what he says. He says, change your heart and life. Change your heart and life and believe in this good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's not kick out all the bad guys and it's not start our new government and it's not overturn the things that you don't enjoy so that it would all be in line with your preferences. The very first thing that he says is change your heart and life and believe or another translation would say and trust in this good news. The reason this was so foundational for me on my journey of faith, the reason that it was so foundational for me as a pastor today, as I encounter scripture and try to figure out what does it mean, what is he saying here, is that it all has to tie into the big message that he has to proclaim. And the big message that Jesus has to proclaim is the kingdom of heaven, the work of heaven, the reign of heaven, the belonging of heaven, the justice of heaven, the good news of heaven is at hand here in me. And it begins with you changing your heart and your life to actually trust 
that this is the case. To actually trust that your way in this world can come through vulnerability and honesty. To actually trust that your way in this world can come through love and compassion. To actually trust that your way in this world, your real belonging, your real worth, your real security, your real everything can come in you prioritizing your relationship with God and the well-being of others to trust that that's actually true. And that's not going to work for you right away. So let's spend the rest of your life letting me work on you so that can actually be good news to you. And that has everything to do with this life on this side of our funeral. That changed my life. That changed my life because that was actually something that spoke to what I needed to hear. What I needed to hear as a person who was already good and had already made the confession of faith to the television screen, just in case. But I needed something to compel my everyday life. I needed something to drive me from the moment I took my head off the pillow to laying it back down again in the evening. And for the first time ever in my life, this was actually it. There's a quote from a book called The Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And Solzhenitsyn was writing in criticism of so much that he saw taking place in the world around him. And he happened to be writing um, in, uh, in the Soviet Empire. And one of the things that he wrote as a very devout Christian, one of the things that he wrote in a community where it was so easy to say that, well, all the evils in the world are those people's problem. In fact, where the community around him was saying everything that's wrong is their problem. It's their issue. It's their thing, right? They're the problem. And one of his quotes in Gulag Archipelago was, the line between good and evil does not run between the states or the classes, but runs through every human heart. That's what he wrote. The line between what's good and what's wrong in the world doesn't run between countries. It doesn't run between areas. It doesn't run between wealth or lack of wealth. It runs through every human heart. The line between good and evil runs between every human heart. But the truth is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The way that the world should be is available to you. The strength, the power, the grace, the purpose that you need is here for you. And the line between good and evil, the line between right and wrong, the line between peace and chaos runs through every human heart. And so the first thing that we do is not raise an army, right? The first thing that we do is not establish the new political order. The first thing that we don't do is wait on somebody else. But the first thing that we do and the thing we do every single day is to change our hearts and lives and to trust, to trust, to trust in that good news that this good life this powerful life, this life eternal that will extend beyond our funeral is actually worth living, is actually possible, is actually available to us. And the way to do it is not through becoming stronger. It's allowing ourselves to become weaker. It's not through imposing our will on others. It's actually wishing for the best for them. It's not through trying to dominate and it's not through trying to earn. It's instead through being humble and opting to receive what is given that we could never possibly get for ourselves. That is the good news. Trust in it, he said, and change your heart and life so that you can actually receive it. The first piece of faith that fell into place to me, young man searching for something, was that 
this collection of scriptures, this church, this religion, this community of faith that surrounds it actually has something to say to me. In an educated modern world full of cynicism, it actually has something real and powerful for me. And the next thing was, it's not just about be nice and it's not just about say these things so that something good can happen for you some other day, but instead says the thing that you were never even brave enough to dream of is at hand. Trust in this and change your heart and your life every day so that it can change you and so that you can change everything. That was the next piece that fell into place. And all the Legos and all the pictures and all the lights and all of that are about asking what pieces are falling into place for you. The first question that I had was, okay, so maybe I trust this. Maybe I believe this. Maybe I try this. But what about when everything is going wrong? And good news, the answer is available next week. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're changing our hearts and lives bit by bit, brick by brick, trusting that the good news that you proclaim is really here, is really true, and is really enough. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. And give us your grace, your power, and your presence so that this change can happen in us bit by bit, day by day. And it's trusting in you that together as your church, we say the words that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As I invite our communion stewards to come forward and assist with the serving of communion today, it's a reminder that every time we come together, like, it's good to pray. It's good to hear the word proclaimed. It's good to read the scriptures. But it is imperative to get a chance to taste, touch, feel, and know the grace of Christ in our lives. And that's what takes place in the sacrament of Holy Communion. In just a moment, I'm going to invite everybody to come forward. Just go row by row. Dismiss yourselves. Come down these center aisles. You'll come forward to the first person who will have a basket and a food service glove. There will be two stations set up. So there's four locations. You don't have to wait long in line. You hold your hands like this. A piece of pre-cut bread will be taken and placed in your hand. We also have gluten-free bread for anyone who has a sensitivity to wheat. You'll then go to the next person who will have a tray full of cups of juice. Take one of the cups of juice and we always use non-alcoholic grape juice because we want to be fully inclusive of folks who are sober. You'll then eat that bread and drink that juice and do so as a chance to taste, touch, feel, and know the presence of Christ in every one of our lives. Because Jesus gave this to us on the day that he was to give himself up for us, knowing how much we would need him, a chance to actually experience his presence and not just hear the words. He took an ordinary loaf of bread, gave thanks over it, blessed it and passed it, and said, take all of you and eat. This bread is my body. And when it's broken, it's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And knowing how hard it would be to believe that this promise was still good, was still at work, was still present when the meal was over, he took a cup of ordinary table wine, gave thanks over it, blessed it and passed it, and said, take all of you and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant, the new promise. 
poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, for the overcoming of whatever it is that separates us. Drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And so when we eat the bread, when we drink the juice, we're not at the gatherings table. We're not at the First United Methodist Church's of Fort Worth table. We're at Christ's table. It's open to everybody, every age, every background, every understanding. It is for you here today. The table is set. The meal is ready. Come forward. Be fed.
Everybody in person and online, I'm so thankful that you joined us for worship this week. If you're catching up later on on the podcast or on YouTube, glad you worshiped with us then as well. Just a reminder, if you're a first-time visitor or guest, as you walk out the doors to the very rear of the sanctuary and take an immediate left, you will find yourself in the garden and right there next to you will be a station with a flag that says on-ramp. We have a gift for you. It's a very nice Yeti cup. We also have a gift for kids if you've got kids with you as well. Anyone else, we would love to say hi, greet you, help you get plugged in. If you want to find the next place of you to find your place of belonging or being a partner in ministry here at the church, we'd love to visit at the on-ramp. Now, please bow your heads and receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face raise and shine upon you. And as you go from this place, may you understand that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And may we every day change our hearts and lives and believe, trust in this good news. Amen. Go in peace. Go on, leave your worries. You got a bit of good they do. There's a word that's coming through. Go on, leave your worries. So I call your name in the middle of the night. I wanna know, can you hear my cry? June heat and moonlight. I wanna follow you. And I wanna follow you. Leave all your troubles. Leave all of your sorrow, down your burdens. Come on and follow. Come on, happy lady. Don't wait for tomorrow. Come on, my brother. Come on and Sisters and brothers. Come on and I have decided to follow. turning back I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back